It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Dallas Cowboys got another big win in Week 2. We break it all down next on this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, Dallas Cowboys got another big win here in week two. Uh, your thoughts on the game? Well, we talked about it, you know, gonna all this week. We thought that there were three kind of game scripts that the, that this game could take, right? We talked about a close win for the Cowboys, a big win for the Cowboys, and then a Jets close win. Uh, it, it became pretty apparent early on in this game that this was going to follow that second game script. Uh, you know, there was definitely some uh, points when things felt a little bit dicey or or felt like it could change or or the momentum could flip. But the Dallas defense specifically, you know, controlled this game throughout uh and just to kind of I, I know we like to do this but i just i gotta spoil it a little bit real quick they they finished in the second half this is the the jets defensive drive uh, uh finishing how they how they how they finished right they finished uh punt fumble punt interception 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 uh and that's that's how you finish out a game against an inferior opponent uh, it was an absolute dominant performance on both sides of the ball, but obviously, especially the defense. Well, let's start from the very beginning of this game because we we actually talked about this before the game. I thought the Cowboys would be smart to, you know, if they win the coin toss, defer, let the crowd be loud, let the Jets look a little flustered on offense yeah. and try to eat early in the first half on that side of the ball. That's not what the Mike McCarthy Cowboys did. They took the ball. They won the coin toss. They took the ball. They drove the ball right down the field, scored a touchdown, got that 7-0 lead, got a stop right away, turned right around and got a field goal. And it was 10-0 with like seven minutes left in the first quarter. That's exactly what you want to do to teams like this. It's just don't give them a lot of life early on. Get up and get a positive game script. I thought Mike McCarthy coached a fantastic first yeah. half of this one. Absolutely. I just want to echo that. I thought that he, the play calling specifically throughout this game, uh, we could talk about the red zone and we will, but, but I well, think we, overall... we should, we got a question. We're doing this live on YouTube right now. Yeah. I just hope we were being conservative in the red zone. And that was yeah. only the bad part of the, it just felt like the Cowboys knew don't turn the ball over, yep. get points. You're going to be fine. 
They, they they can't score. So the more points you stack, just get more and more points. You're not going to have to worry about them catching up. And I think, uh, you know, and again, let's keep in mind who we're facing. We were facing one of the best defenses in all of football. So, uh, you know, I, I think the main issue there was was kind of the uh, the, the negative plays that they were getting uh, once they kind of got into the red zone specifically that was kind of setting them back. Real quick, I do want to go back. I, I, I When they decided to receive the ball to start the game, I thought that was interesting. But I, I think part of that might have been the fact – that they they have a, a kicker that they just signed uh, because Zerline obviously got injured. So I wonder if they weren't trying to test the kicker specifically on kickoffs to see exactly how well he was going to be able to handle that. Awesome. And I also think that I think it was you know it's early in the season. The Cowboys' offense did not get a lot of work against the Giants overall. I think that they wanted to kind of get the the offense out there, uh, get their feet wet. Honestly, it was one of the if not the best opening drive scripts I think I can remember in a long time. And one of the things we talked about all offseason was the importance of trying to get Dak Prescott on schedule early in games. Uh, And I think that that's one thing that Mike McCarthy really accomplished well in this game. Yeah, and what we saw from the Cowboys' offense, at least early on, was a lot of short passes just to get Dak Prescott in rhythm. I believe he completed his first 13 passes of this game, which is a record for him. And then they took some shots, right? Uh, CeeDee Lamb had a nice play down the field that kind of put them in scoring position. Um, I I loved how, you know, they were – I loved how quick they were getting the ball out of Dak Prescott's hands, not allowing him to take a lot of hits. Now, it resulted in a lot of, like – three yard receptions to the flat, a two yard gain to do spot. Like yeah. it's, it, you have to be really efficient and effective to, to play that style of offense, but it worked against this defense. I just don't think like we saw last week against the, the bills. You don't, do you do not want to challenge this jets defense down the field? And the Cowboys no. really didn't. No. And, and they didn't need to. That was the key. They understood that they didn't need to, and they took the risk when they had to, you know, I, I talked about it all game. Like I was, I just kept tweeting it out. The Cowboys need to find a way to be aggressive, but, but understand that they need to play within themselves because a turnover could really turn this, this game. I mean, I think the margin of victory was best exemplified by the Garrett Wilson 68 yard touchdown, right? Like yeah. the Cowboys are completely in control of this game. Suddenly, one missed tackle by Hooker, uh, and 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 they, they they he scampers off for a sixty-eight yard touchdown, and suddenly uh, the Jets are back within a, a scoring game, a score of this game, uh, and it changes the whole tenor of the game, especially again against a really good Jets defense. You can't continue to hope to rely to be able to drive the ball throughout the game against the defense this good and against yep. a pass rush this good against a, a secondary this good. So the Cowboys, uh, you know, did a good job, and I think that's again why they were continuing to take field. Goals uh, in the red zone because they knew that. Look, it's it's great to even get in the red zone against this defense to to travel that far to get into the scoring distance. We can't walk away with zero points in these opportunities, especially yeah. since we know that every stack, even a small stack of three, is going to put pressure on this Jets office that they're not going to be able to overcome. I want to talk about Dak Prescott later in the show, but I do want to mention C.D. Lamb right now. Yeah. I mean, this was a fantastic C.D. Lamb game. Didn't get in the end zone, but I believe the first eight targets he caught in this game and just did a little bit of everything. And there was a couple third downs, third and 15s that he converted. He had a really nice grab in the middle of the field where he got upended. It it, it feels like C.D. Lamb has really leveled up his game where yeah. And he's got to be one of the most efficient receivers in the league because every time he's targeted, it basically is a, a, a big game. 
Yeah, I, I tweeted it out that he's ascending, and that's what it felt like. Like we're watching the kind of natural evolution of the player. Uh, you know, I think he ended up with something like 11 uh, uh, receptions on 13 targets or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. uh, just incredibly efficient. And, and look, the thing about where we've come with this player since his rookie year, he, you know, he started out as kind of an explosive player, but not necessarily the most efficient player. Uh, and now he's become a, a, a target hog. He's a guy that you can just – kind of constantly throw targets at and he's going to produce and and uh it's it's not even a situation where you felt like you needed to kind of spread the ball around cd was eating and it didn't feel like they missed brandon cooks that's not to say that brandon cooks is the you know nope. not an important part of this offense but when you have a superstar like cd lamb you can run your whole offense through him and they were able to make do with 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 gallup getting a couple targets here and tolbert you know, Tolbert mm-hmm. really getting his first NFL action and showing that he, you know, belongs at that level. Not, you know, not dominating, but but converting some key ones, drawing a pass interference. Uh, so the pass offense was still very healthy, despite the fact that you're still missing your starting left guard. You're missing your number two wide receiver. Uh, Dak was still able to operate and, and be uh, successful and efficient against, you know, honestly, what is one of the best pass defenses in all of football. Not, not only were you missing your starting left guard, you were missing your backup left guard Chuma Doga left right before halftime didn't return TJ Bass came in this game and you saw right away him struggle a little bit and then for some of the fourth quarter Zach Martin was banged up and you had your fourth string left guard in there awesome Richard so the offensive line had some injuries but they held up good enough to score 30 points win this game Uh, good job by them again we're going to talk about Dak Prescott in a second but I want to turn our attention to the defense which my goodness, Landon. I mean, what a what a performance by this group. We will talk about them next. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your job faster and for free. All you have to do is add your job post and then add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The show is also brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It is easily the most fun and exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks and fantasy nerds, all you have to do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. You can win up to 25 times your money this football season. My thing is, uh, my favorite thing about price picks is there's so many different players and so many different stats that you can choose from it's so much fun so if you want to pick a defensive player on how many sacks they'll have you can do that if you want to go look at tackles and assists you can do that as well go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use promo code locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use promo code locked on nfl for a first deposit match 
worth up to $100. All right, Landon, let's talk about this Cowboys defense, which was absolutely insane in this game. I believe <laughs> I looked at it right before we jumped on. If you take away the 68-yard touchdown by Garrett Wilson, which yeah. was a bad miss from Malik Hooker, I believe the Jets had 147 yards on the other 11 drives of the game, meaning that they averaged uh, like 13 yards a drive. Uh, yeah. Not bad. Yeah, I'll even throw in this. Uh, 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 Wilson had 27 pass attempts. The Cowboys had seven pass deflections and three interceptions. So the Cowboys got their hands on more than a quarter of all the Jets passes uh, uh, throughout the game. Seems so, good. Yeah, that seems pretty good. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, just a dominant performance. I mean, again, like kind of on the on the trajectory you want to see for a defense that, again, tries to purport itself to being one of the best in football. Uh, this is a team that you know that had has led the league in turnovers the last two seasons, uh, and was trying is going for tying the record with the with the Steelers from the seventies. Uh, and they're off to a great start. They have seven takeaways so far through two games, uh, including obviously three interceptions tonight. Uh, can we just quickly, just very quickly, go over this Micah Parsons stat line real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Let's do it. He had four tackles and five combined total, right? With two sacks for twelve yards of total loss, another three tackles for a loss. Four quarterback hits, a pass deflection, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. And almost uh, a touchdown. Yeah, have yourself a day, uh, Micah Parsons. Uh, if, if you guys didn't watch the game, uh, honestly, I was shocked at how uh, understated that performance was by Micah Parsons. It felt like he, he was taking Zach Wilson to the ground and almost every single snap. Uh, and and uh, obviously the rest of the defense was just completely feasting behind him. And the Cowboys just put you in such a position that if you're more than a touchdown behind by the time the quarter, the, the fourth quarter arrives, you, you're just like in this black hole, right? They, 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 they can pin their ears back. They've got so many different ways to kind of twist around all the different waves of pass rushers they have. Uh, and outside of kind of what Zach Wilson was doing near the end of the, uh, the first half, where he was finding a way to kind of squirt through the rush lanes and take advantage of, of some of the kind of mistimed uh, twists and stunts and everything and, and skirt through and gets a couple of runs outside of that. There was, there was just nothing that, that Wilson yeah. could do. Uh, and, 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 and he, and he was just constantly being hit. And when he wasn't being hit and he was able to actually get a throwing motion going, uh, it felt like the Cowboys were tipping the pass, hitting his arm uh, and, and balls were just kind of flooding, fluttering uh, harmlessly onto the turf. Uh, for a good portion of them. So the, the, the Jets offense was was anemic at best for most of the game. Uh, and then on top of that, I think we, sh- we need to have a conversation simply about how good the run defense was, considering that we all knew that that's what they were going to do. We knew that the Cowboys defense was yep. the weak. The weak spot was the run game. And the Cowboys, again, outside of some some anomaly stuff with the quarterback runs, which also needs to be cleaned up, the Cowboys basically shut down the Jets run game for yep. the entirety of the I want to talk about Micah Parsons just really quickly before we move on. You could convince me that Miles Garrett is the best pure pass rusher in the NFL. You could convince me that Nick Bosa is the best run defending defensive end in the NFL, but you're not going to convince me that there's any player better on defense in the NFL than Michael Parsons. And we saw it in this game, whether it's, lining up as a linebacker and shooting a gap and making a tackle for a loss. Uh, The Dalvin Cook fumble that he forced, he was playing linebacker and read it perfectly and stripped the ball away or drawing two holding calls in this game uh, that just, they don't show up on the stat sheet, right? If you go look at the box score, they don't show up in the stat sheet, but they're just huge game changing plays. 
I, I think you can have a case or you can make an argument that Micah Parsons not only is the best defensive player in the league, he's real close to being the best overall player in the NFL. And it seems like in year three, he's found a way to level up his game even more. He's I mean, he's on that trajectory right now, right? Like he's just he's affecting the game in a way that I, I just don't remember very many defensive players doing. I mean, like we've talked about Aaron Donald and, you know, I mean, I think, you know, we've seen guys like Reggie white, maybe that, you know, have had these kind of just sort of just taking over games. I mean, I think I remember there was time when Deion Sanders would have such an effect on, on game plans and that sort of thing. But that's, the, I mean, that's the kind of historical, I mean, obviously we can go back to Lawrence Taylor and, you know, historical guys, but I mean, that's the kind of, you know, historic, you know, effects that he is having on, on, in these games individually. And uh, it's, it's just amazing to watch. And, and, and anytime he needs a, that the team needs a big play, whether he's the one who's getting the stat on the play, he's usually the guy creating yeah. the big play, uh, no matter what happens. One more player specifically on defense. I want to mention Demarcus yeah. Lawrence, oh, um, very first play of the game makes a tackle for a loss on third down helps make a stop. Um, and then, we saw it right before halftime. He kind of barely tips the ball out of Zach Wilson's hand that per, that stops a touchdown, right? If if he doesn't uh, if he doesn't get his hand on that ball, all of a sudden it's what is the score? Is it four or eighteen fourteen going into halftime? And the Jets get the ball at halftime, and we've got a really close game. Instead, it's eighteen ten. That's a four point play there that just kind of goes unnoticed. I thought he was really good in this game, and the combination of Lawrence and Parsons and all the different things they can do. They can line them up next to each other. They can play opposite of each other. I, I thought Lawrence was unbelievable in this game. Well, I mean, we, we've talked about the Batman and Robin effect of those two and, you know, who's Batman, who's Robin. Honestly, I, I think we're going to have to move away from that a little bit because I think there's a, a third entering into the frame here. I think it's start that time to have a real serious conversation about what the ceiling is for someone like uh, Oso Digizua. Yeah, he, he had another incredible game, had another sack. This time he opened up a sack for one of Micah Parsons' sacks. He yep. opened up the play. So uh, I, I think what we're seeing is obviously Lawrence has been around making plays for the Cowboys a long time. Micah Parsons is, like we said, in conversation for being the best player in football. I think the thing that's really started to take the, this defensive line to another level is the is the rise of Oso Digizua and his role as a as a kind of play everywhere defensive tackle. I mean, you saw him playing on the nose. You see him playing out at five technique. Uh, and wherever he is, he's he's just an incredible mismatch. Uh, the defensive line is just an absolute ferocious monster for every OC to have to like kind of have to face week in and week out. And I certainly don't envy them. Last one here, uh, Malik Hooker. He had the bad missed tackle on Garrett yeah. Wilson um, that led to the touchdown that made the game at least a little bit close in the middle. Yeah. Uh, but then he made up for it by having a really nice interception on a play that Trevon Diggs just got beat on. If Malik Hooker would have been a step or two slow, that's a, that's another touchdown for Garrett Wilson. Guys are going to make mistakes. They're going to miss tackles. That kind of stuff happens over the course of a game. It's can you find a way to rebound and make up for your mistake? And I just thought it was really cool that Malik Hooker did. And then we saw J. Ron Kersky get an interception at the, you know, near the end of the game. Safety's played outstanding once again. Yeah, that was just a really poor decision by Zach Wilson to yeah. throw that ball when, when in, in you know too high look. Uh, you know, obviously digs and trail trail uh, coverage and 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 just you know baited into throwing that football on Hooker. I mean, he he 
I don't I, I don't know if he hit top speed getting out to the outside. It was he he saw the whole thing the whole way and was yeah. made a nice play just to make that interception. Obviously, kind of sealing the things and then curse obviously having also the other interception on a really nice play caused by Micah Parsons uh, in pursuit along the sideline. So, which is very similar, I think, to if I remember correctly, what happened with Gilmore's interception yeah. last week, right? Yeah. So, um, I, I think you know what you see is that. If the Cowboys' offense gives the defense even a scrap of a chance to, to get eight, these offenses out of a neutral game script, um, you know, they they really really struggled to kind of consistently throw the ball. And, and you know, look, you just felt it. You felt it as the end of the game was happening. Like, like literally, the play before Micah took that ball away and, and the, on the fumble recovery, I, I thought in my brain. It feels like a turnover is about to happen, and it yeah. did. You know, it's just like that's it, it, the inevitability of it is something that is very foreign to Cowboys fans. Uh, it's still weird to me. Like I remember the years, years like right? they got yeah. like it was it was amazing when they got to double digit interceptions in a season. Like that was incredible. Now it feels weird if you don't get multiple turnovers in a game. We got to remember, you know. Like even you know, look, I, I'm a little bit older than you, so I'm I, I'm a '90s Cowboys fan. I I grew up in that in that era. But even those teams, like you know, they were good at stopping the run and they were solid overall. And sometimes they were the number one rated defense in the NFL. They weren't like but this. I, they weren't like this. No. Like I, I don't think I've ever seen a Cowboys defense like this. And and this is sort of reminiscent to what you know. My grandfather used to talk about sure. the Doomsday defense, or you know, my my parents used to talk about that in the '70s and. I think this is the first time in a long time that that monker, moniker you know, really fits the Cowboys again. Up next, Josh Dobbs and the Cardinals. Um, <laughs> good luck. Uh, let's talk about Dak Prescott because I thought he was wonderful in this game. We'll get to that next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet, that is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. Plus, there's a wide range of betting options, including the spread, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, Landon, let's talk about Dak Prescott. Hmm. Um, let's start with the negatives. I only saw two bad throws today. The one to uh, CD on the sideline that Sauce Gardner almost picked he six. Du- he double was- clutched it. Why don't I, 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 was, I, I said it as he was doing it. I was like, don't throw the ball, don't throw the ball, don't throw the ball. And I couldn't believe he did, and we, we really dodged a bullet with that. Yeah, one. that was a big one. That could have potentially been a game changer right there. They picked that one off and take it to the house. All of a sudden, we've we've got ourselves a game, right? And the other one was a Jake Ferguson miss in the back of the end zone. Now he had oh, to yeah. layer that throw a little bit. So I understand you could have put a little bit more air under it, but outside of that, I, I thought Dak was masterful in how he kind of operated this offense, you know, having throwing the ball that many times 
being that accurate and just keeping the chains moving over and over again. Yeah, I mean, over 80% on his completion percentage. I think he was uh, 11.7 CP over E, which is a completion percentage over expectation, which, you know, that, that's a measurement of, of what the normal average NFL player would do in those yeah. same down and distances. He, he averaged 11 points above what an average NFL uh, quarterback would do in those situations. Uh, 17 and a half in total EPA. The Cowboys ended up being seven of 10 on third down situations. Yeah. So it's that's so obviously 70%. Uh, you know, look, we talked about the red zone stuff has got to get better. Uh, I, yeah, I feel like, I feel like a lot of that had to do with, Uh, Several different uh, opportunities kind of spoiled by, like I said, negative plays that happened, whether it was the uh, 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 Tyron Smith holding call, whether it was uh, uh, the Hendershot run, yeah, the Hendershot run, a couple different runs that were just uh, that that just went for negative runs because it was, you know, it was it was still Quentin Williams that you were playing with. You just kind of forgot at different points. Right. So uh, once in a while, that defensive line against the Jets really reared directly ahead. They really clamped down the red zone. But outside of that, uh, what we saw from Dak was a guy who seemed a ton more comfortable with what he was doing. He just, you know, look, his, his, his yards, uh, his a dot was down, was, was way down. It's going I to think, be down. Yeah. It's, it's going to be down because that's just part of the offense. And also just part of playing kind of a conservative game plan against a, like what is, like we said, one of the best passing defenses in all of football. Uh, but I think overall the, to operate inside of that game plan, to complete over 80% of your passes, to, uh, to convert on third down at that rate, to to perform above or above expectation the way he did, uh, I think that kind of sh- shut up a lot of of, of critics. You know, I, I, yeah. he wasn't asked to play an aggressive game plan, and he operated uh, extremely well inside of that game plan. Uh, and I think he showed that. Uh, I, and I think it was important for him and for Mike McCarthy to show hey, we can play a winning game plan. You know, we, 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 you know we, we can play the smart game plan and still control the game without having to – instead, just, it feels like there were times when Kellen Moore would just continue to keep the foot down on the gas instead of doing the smart thing at times. And that's what the Cowboys were doing is that, look, okay, it feels like a give up, but getting the points here against an inferior offensive team makes sense. Yep. Uh, and they were. There's and, no and reason were, to risk because if you get an interception there, or you have turnover on downs, or whatever, you just give the Jets a little bit of life, and that's just not what Mike McCarthy wanted to do here. The, the most impressive stat for me: 83 offensive plays for the Cowboys. Yeah, 83. Jeez. They were on the field a ton in this game, and you felt it by the end of the fourth quarter. Like the Jets were gassed. The Cowboys' defense was so fresh. Michael Parsons, I think, only played like 34 plays in this game. Um, that's I mean you're not gonna be able to do that every week but that's pretty incredible the run game for the Cowboys is still up and down there's times where they have some really nice runs it just seems like the consistency isn't there however yeah. I promise you they're gonna have weeks where they don't play Leonard Williams and Quinnen Williams that's and exactly what I was gonna like, say. they're gonna easier yeah. days are coming for the run game yeah, I mean, like, look, I, I think we need to, like, despite the fact that the Cowboys had a big game and, and, and they won and the offense was able to be efficient, like, I, I think we also need to remember th- that who they were playing was a very good team. So the fact that they were able to have some su- success in, uh, in some areas is fantastic. The, the fact that they weren't able to kind of have 
full success across the board, that's not shocking. They, they played a top five defense and next week they're not going to face a, a, a defense that's as good as, as what we no. saw, especially on the interior. Uh, so, so I think it's going to be kind of, again, another revealing situation for the Cowboys when they, when they face an inferior opponent, uh, how, how they react, you know, and, and, and the, 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 they passed a test. They came out against a tough defense. They played well early, which set them up for success for the rest of the game. Uh, and then they they played to the, the strength of their defense. They let their defense choke it out by continuing to methodically stack points, not not playing outside of the system, not forcing Dak to throw tight window throws on third and long because you you just have a desperation to score touchdowns instead of field goals, which is important, but not more important than winning the game. Sure. Uh, and and I think that they understood that and they operated within themselves and, and they won by. 20 plus points against a good team even that was playing with Zach Wilson at quarterback and the last thing I want to mention before we go it seems like the Cowboys might have themselves a kicker Brandon Aubrey I mean they've yeah. honestly, this might be one yeah. of the biggest storylines to come out of this game five for five on field goals made all the extra points and drilled a 55 yard field goal um I, I I I feel better about their kicking situation after today and I'm sure Mike McCarthy does as well uh, you know, look, I'm not going to be a downer about the kicker when when he's uh, uh, when he's <laughs> I, I'm not going to be thrilled about the kicking situation when he's good. And I'm not going to be sad about the kicking situation when it's bad, because I think the kicking situation is always temporary. But at least it feels it makes you feel good that the Cowboys understood the decision, made a good deci- had, had a good decision making process for selecting a kicker. Uh, and and as of right now, you're in the sweet spot where yep. you have a young kicker who's kicking well. So that that is the best and the most likely chance for having uh, any kind of stable length of period of time with the kicker as much as you ever can is to have a young kicker who's in the groove at the moment. Those are usually the periods where you get the longest amount of positive kicking situations. I, I will say the other thing I really enjoy about Brandon Aubrey is it seems like he kicks – really straight and i know that yeah. seems like weird but like there's kickers like greg zerline who has kind of a natural fade on his kicks yeah and sometimes that fade can be you know really exaggerated in some of these games but for aubrey it seems for the most part that he kicks a pretty straight ball and i again i i feel better about the kicking situation after today especially after he drilled that 55 yarder it just doesn't seem like his leg is ever going to be an issue for the Cowboys. he's got he has a monster leg yeah, and that's the key. Another key thing, right, is that ultimately you need to have a monster leg because you don't have a situation where you have a punter or someone else that could be the kickoff guy. No. So you need to be able to save that roster spot by making sure. And he sure drilled that... every one of them out of the back of the end. Yeah, absolutely. So that wasn't ever a problem and that never came in. So, All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Every day else, we'll be back on Tuesday to break down all of the Cowboys film on both sides of the ball. So make sure you tune in for that. We'll answer your questions on Wednesday. Thursday is our crossover show. And then Friday, we'll get you ready for Cowboys Cardinals in week three. I can't believe we're already into week three. Uh, I know, we're getting there. Uh, Go check out our show on YouTube. We post shows every single day over there. Uh, We are free and available on all platforms. Go follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. Enjoy your victory Monday, and we'll see you right back here on Tuesday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.